you know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 myself mamuzi alongside me as always the three-time nba champion mr bj armstrong how are you doing my brother oh it's beautiful mo it, it, it's a beautiful day it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood it's a beautiful day and i see the excitement on your face the excitement so today ladies and gentlemen i have been given a new task i'm unlocking mo's expertise <laughs> i'm unlocking mo's expertise today about trades and rumors and all of the things he's so excited i wish well you can't see you can't see well how excited well, he is well we you and i bj we spoke about after we finished recording the last episode we were speaking about the rockets and i said that the rockets should make a move for clink Capella. And then they can play Sengun at the four and have a big right. body next to him who can do all the shot blocking and the dirty work on defense. And Ime Adoka must have my phone tapped because they went out and traded for a big man. The only problem is the big man they traded for is not available this season. So this is a move looking ahead to next season. The Memphis Grizzlies traded Steven Adams to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Victor Oladipo and three second round picks. I think that's what I got written down. Um, okay. For the Memphis Grizzlies, obviously, this season's a write-off with no John Morant. And um, they get three draft round picks. And then they get a lot of salary flexibility. Because they're going to have the chance to get a very high pick in this year's draft. Because they're tanking away the season. So they're going to have to pay him. And then they're going to really try and make a run at being a contender. So they want that salary flexibility. And with Steven Adams being out for this season, I think they must be saying to Jaron Jackson, you're going to have to learn how to play the five. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. they're moving on. Uh from Steven Adams now, I think Adams is a great pickup for Houston because, you know, Shengun's already there dominating. However, if you can then play him at the four and Adams at the five, then that just adds you so much more toughness to your squad. You can get someone who can control the painted area. He's not a prolific shot blocker, but his presence being there um, can deter opponents. You hit some hard fouls. He also helps the guard play in Houston because he's one of the best screen setters that they have over there in the NBA right now. And of course, he's a prolific offensive rebounder um, and a defensive rebounder too. One of the best rebounders we have in the league. Um, he had, what, 12, 12 and a half, um, 12 and a half million owed to him for next season. Mm-hmm. And um, by removing him, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, I believe they moved down one tier in terms of the uh, salary aprons. And then right. they've also created... I believe a trade exception in doing this deal. So a financial move for Memphis, a future move for the Houston Rockets, because Oladipo was never part of their plans anyway. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because I like it. Well, clearly it's a it's a financial move, right? They're they're maneuvering money around. So you know, transactional trade. Oladipo yeah, for, for Memphis. is not playing for both teams. I, I don't know if Steven, you know, Steve Adams hasn't played now in a couple of years. I mean, he played last year. How many so, games did he play? Last year, how many games did Stephen Adams play? Let me have a look. Um, he played 42 games in 2022-2023. Okay. So if this works out and Stephen Adams is able to come back, I think this will be a very beneficial trade for the Houston Rockets, and here's why. I love the fact that teams now are beginning to load up on bigs because everyone is beginning to understand 
that the bigs, in particular Jokic and Embiid, when he's healthy, that you're going to need big people to get through the playoffs. So I love this way of thinking. I think the game now is coming back truer to its form where you're going to need bigger bodies and bigger people. Now, he's not a shot blocker. However, he is tough. So I think he fits coaches, Coach Udoka's personality. I think he provides them um, a physicality that you're going to have to have. And he has terrific size. You know, he's one of the strongest, you know, many players will say he's the strongest guy in the NBA. So I like to trade. And I like the fact that, you know, if, if Oladipo can come back, you know, look, they'll have a player and, um, you know, and they'll be able to fit that in and what they're trying to do down there in, in Memphis. So I think it works for both teams. It'll be interesting to see because if, if, if Steven Adams is healthy, that's a big if. Mm-hmm. If Steven Adams is healthy, I, I can see this really being a really nice trade where you can get a big guy who can, you know, really, you know, as I like to say, he can defend the interior space. And I like the fact that he will give them a level of physicality that you're going to need, especially in the Western Conference, because Jokic is going to be there. Now you're seeing you know, Towns and Rudy Gobert over there in Minnesota. So, you, you know, Valanchunas and Zion, those are big guys. So, you know, I love the fact, Mo, it just, it just adds to my fuel, which is to see 10 seven-footers on the floor at one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, BJ, I think the first time you're going to see that will actually be in an All-Star game in maybe five to 10 years. Because oh, if you can okay. handpick the All-Stars, you can pick seven foot guys all across but this year the all-star reserves have now been announced oh just and in i'm case... disappointed i'm i'm really disappointed well i got a lot to go i got a lot all right, all right. Lot. just to catch up anyone who's missed it this week the starters for the eastern conference okay Giannis, mb tatum halliburton and lillard the stars for the west lebron KD, Jokic, donjic and shea and now going to be joined by um the all-star reserves who have been selected first time selections for Jalen brunson tyrese maxi and paolo banquero who will be joining Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Julius Randle, and Bam Adebayo in the Eastern Conference. And over in the West, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Devin Booker, and Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards. Those are the all-star players. BJ, okay. you got something to say? Go ahead. Yes, I, I, I really do. I, I really do. This is where the business and basketball come together. And very rarely do I even, you know, I, I'm I'm... You know, as our listeners know, I'm all about the game. I'm all about in between the lines. I'm all about it. But however, this is an event where you showcase the best basketball and the best entertainment. Must see TV in the NBA right now is Victor Wimbenyama. There's no way that Victor should not be playing in the All-Star game. That's a fact. Okay. Victor Wimbenyama is the most fascinating player right now in the NBA. And the fact that we are not highlighting and showcasing must-see TV. This young man, every single night, he does something we've never seen before. On the defensive end, on the offensive end, and Mo, he's doing this in 26, 27 minutes a night. It's truly, he's a phenomenon. I want, we need the fans, we need a separate game to just watch him. Well, they have the rookie sophomore game. He should, yeah, but 
he he is playing at an elite level against all-star players. He's doing this versus Mo. He's doing this versus Giannis. Yep. Embiid. Yep. He's playing against the very best players and he's doing incredible things. And let me add to that. Yes. Everyone complains do. that guys don't compete in the all-star game. And, 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 I and guarantee people, you, if you put that kid in the game, he's going to compete harder. I'm not saying play better. Yes. I'm saying he's going to compete harder we, than anyone else on that roster. We need Victor Wimbenyama in the all-star game. We need him in the game. He is the future. He is going to be, if he's if he's healthy, he will be one of the greatest players of all time. Ever walk this earth. Okay. He should be in the all-star game. He should be in the all-star game because it's time for him. It's time for the league. It's time for everyone who is a fan of the NBA. Let's showcase. They say the greatest. Well, he is one of the greatest. You can't tell me that there are 23 other guys or 24 other guys that's better than him in the NBA. So right I, now. I have a rule when it comes to this, BJ. If you're going to say who should be an all-star, you got to pick someone who should be replaced. So well, looking at that Western Conference, whose spot should he be taking? Well, Victor Wimbenyama should be one of the guys, right? I'm not here to however they however they did it, they, but Victor Wimbenyama should be in the game. Tell that, tell me a name you'd swap for him. Well, let, let's 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 look at the names. Let's let's look at the names. Okay, clearly he's not a guard. So you got Devin Booker, you got Steph Curry. Okay, but you can't tell me you can't tell me that Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew Anthony Davis. Davis and these guys. Hey, so, I'd, I'd rather watch Victor Wembanyama than any of those guys. You, you, congratulations to everyone that made it, but Victor Wembanyama should be in the All Star game. That's that, that's just that's a fact. He is he is next, and it is time for our league to get this guy and prepare him for what comes with being the best player in the league because he's going to be the best player in the league. And it's time. So I think this is a missed opportunity to begin the process of transitioning this league over to one of the great talents. To one of, he's one of the great talents, without question. And I think I'm really disappointed that he wasn't named to the All-Star team. No, and, and, and all respect and congratulations to everyone that made it. But Victor Wimbenyama should be in the all-star game yeah I, I tweeted about this recently and, and guys said to me you know that's not fair because he's not been one of the top 10 best bigs in the league this season da, 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 whatever whatever that's your opinion that's cool but they've had all-star games where they've included legacy players who weren't performing at an all-star level so even if your argument is he's not playing at the same level as Anthony davis right now well that's not the precedent that the all-star game is set the all-star game is about entertainment they had the game where they put in Donovitsky and Dwayne Wade when they were on their last legs. No one had a problem with that. I'd rather see Wemby. I'd rather see Wemby in there because he's given you at least 10 highlight plays. He, now, he's he's given you highlight plays against NBA defenses. Imagine what he can do in an all-star game when there ain't no one playing defense on him. I, I, I just think this is a missed opportunity for, for the fans because we need to see him. We need to see the very best he is in that conversation and it gives him an opportunity to begin to see what it's going to take to be the very best. And he's played to that level this year. 
Now, I know, you. okay, we can make the argument he hasn't won. Yes, that is true. However, what he's doing, when you watch this man play, you're like, wow, did you see that? I mean, his highlights, his highlights for half of the year is like, it's some of the best highlights I've seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a seven-footer doing the sham god in mm-hmm. traffic. He's okay. not making players. He's blocking okay. everyone's shot. He's it's catching blocks out of the air. So I don't even know if it's steals or blocks this, at this point. This, to me, I I I, I just want to say it. Victor Wimbyama should be in the All Star game. Well, Joel Embiid and Julius Randle may miss the All Star game with injury, so they are going to be replaced. However, they're in the Eastern Conference, so Wemby mm-hmm. can't take one of their spots. Who in the Eastern Conference that's not on the list? Do you see taking those spots? The names being floated out right now, Derek White, Chris Tats, Paul Zingis, Miles Turner, surprisingly, and I believe the other one was Trey Young. You know who's been you know who I've kind of watched this year, I, I think, is Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. I like that. I he's, I he's taking a huge leap in this game. I think Scotty Barnes should be in this conversation. Yep. I also think Jared Allen could be in this conversation too. Jared Allen could be in the conversation based on what how he's performed in the first half of the season. But I think Scotty Barnes, to me, and what he's done and the responsibility he has accepted mm-hmm. up there in Toronto, I think he's ready to take on that responsibility. So if there's one name that I would like to see added to the list, it would be Scotty Barnes. Yep. As a young well, player. We even have two names added to the list. Um, yes. Because we've got Julius Randle, who's going to miss the All-Star game with his dislocated shoulder. But also, the other big news from yesterday is that Joel Embiid has suffered a meniscus injury, and he's going to be reevaluated over the weekend. But it is not sounding good for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, they're finalizing a treatment plan for him. But if he is going to miss a significant stretch, let's say he can come back for the playoffs. Do you still think that the Sixers can compete in the Eastern Conference? Well, look, he he he's he's crucial to their success moving forward. Now, being in this business, you know, you have short-term goals, you have goals that you're trying to accomplish during the course of the season as you're getting through the regular season, and then you have long-term goals. Joel Embiid is an interesting case study because he came into this league. He was injured when he came into the league. Yep. Joel Embiid, when he's healthy, there's nothing. He's one of the top two or three players in the entire world. You can argue he's playing the best right now in the NBA when he's healthy. You can argue that right now. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Okay. However, right now, what I'm concerned about, Mo, is when you're that big, and you're carrying that type of weight. I mean, he's he's got to be every bit somewhere around 300 pounds, every bit, mm-hmm. as a seven-footer. Now you have to look out for his health and best interests. And it may be in his best, it may be in his best interest, not the interest of the fans, not the interest of saying what's best for this team right now, presently, but it may be in his best interest to just get fully healthy and start again. And the reason yeah. I say that, Mo, is because if he comes back, and let's say he is 85%, 
Okay, that's I'll take that all day long. However, that puts him at risk of doing something else. Yeah, because this is a big man, and the way he plays, Mo. I mean, he's a little reckless sometimes. Understatement, but yeah. Okay, okay. So, I think for the Sixers is to take a wide view of the scenario and say, what's in the best interest for the organization and Joel moving forward to get him healthy? Because when he's healthy, you have one of the top two, three players in the world. When he's not healthy, things can happen like what you just saw happen. It's a freak yeah, thing, and right? And it's a freak and, accident. Someone fell on his leg. On his I mean, it was like Kaminga who fell and landed yes, on his leg. Like, yes. and it, so he was but, carrying like a little knock, but it wasn't even that. That's the injury. It's a new injury. But clearly something was there. Yeah. yeah. Something he was, was there. Hobbling. He was hobbling. Something was there. So you, look, do what's in the best interest of what you do. Every organization is different. Joel knows his body better than anyone. However, being in this business as long as I've been, having multiple knee surgeries myself, all right? I mean, I've had over five or six of these myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always a little meniscus tear. It's like a minor surgery on someone else. No, surgery is surgery. I don't mm-hmm. care what kind of surgery it is. Surgery mm-hmm. is surgery. And nothing's ever minor. Nothing's ever just minor. Oh, I'm just going to do a little cleanup job. Well, nope. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. Okay, it's a cleanup job where you just got to, you know, walk around. But these guys are running and jumping, stopping, traveling all around. Well, the even that, so I have a tall meniscus, and even walking up and down stairs is very painful. Yes. So I just want him to take a a, 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 a big shot view of what's going on and get him healthy. Because mm. what he's, what, year 10 now? What is, what is this, like year 10, year 11, somewhere around right now? He's right in the thick of his career. And it's not like he's, you know, he's trying to get better or what happened. He's in the thick and the heart of his career as far as production. I don't know if he can yeah. play any better. He's in this. his prime. He's turning 30. Um, yes. You know, he so missed the first two I, seasons. He's played eight seasons since then. Seasons. So I think you, 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 you possibly just say, you know what? Because you don't want him out there anything less than 100% because mm-hmm. it puts him at risk. You put him at risk. That's a big, that's a big man. So, but that that would be my take on it. That just experiences, you know, taught me. You don't know where people at mentally, but more importantly, you know, you you just want him to be one hundred percent fully engaged and healthy when he's out there playing, because we all benefit from that. Yeah, and you, but you, it's you unfortunate. don't want him to be out there hesitating on things yeah, because yeah, he's not fully comfortable, like. Turning exactly. down certain shots because he's worried about how he's going to land. So, yeah, I hope he gets healthy soon. Um, I've enjoyed watching him uh, when he does play. Um, but it's Friday, BJ, and I feel like we usually answer fan questions. There's just one fan okay. question for you today from Paul. Okay. He has a question for Mr. BJ Armstrong. Um, his Your Bulls days are well known, but what's something interesting about another team that you played for? Or something interesting? Just something that people might not know about one of the other teams, whether it's you know the Hornets, the Magic, the Warriors, something else from your career. A little story for us to end this week on the podcast. Wow, what's something that's interesting? I, 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 you know, one of the greatest places I've I've played, one of the greatest cities, right? You know, we always talk about what happens on the court, but you know, like no one ever asked me what happens off the court. Hey, I thought you can't talk about that. 
Well, you know, there, there's some things you can't talk about. <laughs> you know, I, out of all the places I've lived, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Okay. San Francisco was one of the greatest regions. I mean, the whole Bay Area is just spectacular. Which which part of San Francisco did you live in? Though? I lived in San Francisco. Oh, okay. So not across the war, right? You lived in... I lived in the city and we were playing in Oakland. And... Every day, every day, I would cross that Bay Bridge. And it was just the, so living in Chicago, I grew up in Detroit. I went to school in Iowa. And, you know, during the winter, it's just, you know, it's snowing, it's gray out. And every day I would cross that Bay Bridge. And I just couldn't, it was just the most amazing, it would put me in the greatest mood. And there was a lot of traffic. But I was going against the traffic. I was you going into the boat that Clay Thompson takes across the water. No, it, you know, <laughs> I, I'm from Detroit. I love to drive. And I still smile every single time I cross the Bay Bridge because it just reminded me of one of the most beautiful moments. It was like a beautiful moment in my career that every single day I got a chance. I would go to practice. Okay. And, and I'll share this with, with our listeners. And I bought myself a convertible. I loved it. Oh, okay, are you flexing out there? Huh? No, no, the no, no, coast, no. It, huh? it, it, Which it was, one was it? it? Yeah, it doesn't matter. But I had a convertible. <laughs> okay. But what okay. I but I remember every single day, I would just smile to myself and how lucky I was that I was going to work, crossing the Bay Bridge, in a convertible, going to practice, mm -hmm. and then when I was feeling really good. I would drive back home because I lived in the city. I would drive all the way around like to Marin County and I would cross back on the other side on the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, wow. It's a, it, was, it was such a, it was, it, 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 it brought so much joy to me. And when I go to the Bay Area, my, uh, my, our oldest son goes to school out there. And we have this little saying in our house, you know, the Bay Area was good to me. And my son now, oh, my oldest, he says that to me now that he's going to school out there. He's a senior. He's graduating. <laughs> he's and he always now. says, Dad, the Bay Area has been good to me. And I was like, hey, it's a generational thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my story. BJ, you and I went there for the NBA finals. Yes. And I, actually I love had, the Bay. I had a really disappointing experience, right? Oh, While no. we were there, you don't know this. While we were there, three okay. times I went to go and see the Golden Gate Bridge. And all three times, there were so many clouds, I did not see it once. Oh, wow. I went all the way there, and I went all the way home. You know, you the Bay was me. still I, good I, to I, me in other ways. So uh, shout uh, out to uh, the Bay Area. I love the Bay. You know what? The Bay, for anyone who's visiting the United States for the first time, make sure that you put that on your that's one of the places it's changed a bit now though the homeless problems got kind of crazy i hope they can come up with, a, with some housing and stuff yeah it's 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 an amazing it's an just an amazing region and we would play golf then you could go up to and, and you could ski down there and, and and you know you can the wine country you have big uh, it's just a phenomenal the whole bay area it's just a great area. And if you have it, if you live up there, I mean, how lucky are you to live up there? And I had a chance to do it for like two, two and a half years. I can and see I why those always guys say, in Golden State don't want to leave. Uh, yeah. I, and I always say this, it would be, it would have been unfair 
if I if I would have won there, like because it, it's so. And now, and I look at these guys who have won up there. I go, yeah, that's just that's just unfair. That's just not living. I mean, what a, living life. Yes, to the and mat, now so. they play in San Francisco. So how yep. lucky are those guys? Yep. And Oakland was great, but you know, I want to say this about Oakland. You know, there's a, there, there's. You know, every fan base always says they're the best fan base, right? You know, you go to the city, they're the best fans, they're the best fans. You know, and 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 I just I've always wanted to like say this if I have two minutes, just two minutes. Of course, of course, of course. Without question, the New York fan base to me is the they're the greatest fan base because they're so knowledgeable of the game. They're just they're just knowledgeable of the game. And I love the fact that. They, they just talk crazy to you. And then after the game, they'll be like, hey, BJ, hey, great job. And I've always respected them about that. The Celtics mm-hmm. fans, they truly just don't like you. <laughs> 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 no, you know, it's not even like you go in there and score 50. And you know what? If you're not wearing green, yep. you know, and, yep. and, and they can get a little hostile there. But I, I respect them because, you know, they, they, they root for their guys. They root for They root for their guys. But one of the most underrated fan base fan bases, I think, was the Oakland fan base. Yeah. And I really, I really enjoy the Oakland Coliseum. I enjoy the fan base. Now it's a different fan. Yeah. I was gonna say this at the NBA finals, there was a day and night difference between the Celtics Arena and the Warriors have been day and night about 50 decibels difference in terms now, of the sound. It, since they years. started winning, there's a different fan base there now. But it, it's just the I'm people talking money about now because the tickets are crazy yeah, expensive. Yeah, like, no, let's listen, just call it what it is. Business, business is business. However, Oakland, I'm talking Oakland, they have an amazing fan base. Mm-hmm. And I got a chance to experience that fan base. And it was one of the more, it just fit my personality I love playing there. They love their basketball. And, you know, that's that's one of the places that I miss. I really miss that that fan base that was there. Because now when I go to the arena now, and you and I were there to chase. I mean, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. Oh, yes. It's amazing. Every, it's one of the, it's the nicest arenas place. I've ever seen. But everyone from the previous era, they understand this. When you say Oakland. Mm. And you know what that means. And everyone knows what that means. So that's one of my stories here that I I, I, I really enjoyed my time in the Bay Area. Incredible food. As you know, I'm a, I love food. Yep. So the food in the Bay, the culture in the Bay, and more, one of my favorites, the music in the Bay. You know, I can still remember. I can still remember Mo crossing the Bay, playing Tupac and digital underground and all of that music in the 90s mo Mm. e40 too short Mm -hmm. it was just it was just the right time you know what i mean whenever i hear you know too short in these guys right now i always think of my time in the bay because the bay was good to me (laughs) it was good to me i i got nothing but love for the bay so thanks for asking that question because you know what i yeah, Paul, I appreciate you for asking that. That was great. And, uh, you know, I, I just wish I could have won a championship out in the Bay. Just to hey, experience 
you know, the full experience of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's another week of the Hoop Genius Podcast. We appreciate you guys for rocking with us. We'll be back on Monday. Scott Perry will be back in the house. So don't miss the episode. Make sure you subscribe. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from. And until next time, enjoy your weekends and get buckets. <laughs>